This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I get ready. Get ready. The U.S. Open is coming to Brookline, Mass. And for those who are unaware, Brookline is... One of the craziest, wackiest, fringe, left-wing, lunatic places in the country. I'd put it right up there with, you know, Berkeley, California, New York City, uh, where they still have kids wearing masks uh, to to daycare. Two-year-olds wearing masks to daycare. Uh, Just now, just breaking from Brookline Mask, a new uh, Brookline Mass. Uh, A mask mandate has been reinstated for public buildings, public places, uh, this is uh, three weeks away, I believe, from the U.S. Open, less than three weeks. So there are people in Brookline who want to mess with the U.S. Open. Believe me, trust me on this. So uh, they will be coming up with rules. I wouldn't be surprised if fans will be required to wear masks, show their vax cards, keep their distances. Don't forget what they did two years ago here in Massachusetts. Don't forget what they did. They they shut down golf courses which was bizarre, uh, and I can honestly say I was screaming about that from day one. The spring of 2020, we knew that was insane, but we've gone over this so many times. We have a coward in, in, in uh, the governor's office. Charlie Baker just bows to the pressure from the, the left for on anything, and uh, they closed golf courses, you know, put, put people out of business, out of work, they didn't explain why it makes no sense. There's nothing dangerous about golf. You don't, you, you don't socially distance. You don't touch anybody. They took down ball washers when they, re, when they reopened golf courses, they weren't allowed to put the ball washers back because, you know, ball washers spread COVID. It was just, it was a, the start of the COVID idiocy here. Uh, the, 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 what they did to golf courses and to, to driving ranges I can, uh, I'll never forget, I, had a, I have a friend who owns a driving range. He made a whole video to show why there's no danger, how no one touches the balls except you. It comes out of the machine into the bucket. Didn't matter. Charlie Baker rolled over for the, for the panic, the, 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 you know, the panic lobby, the, the crazy, neurotic, authoritarian left said, no, 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 we can't have driving ranges. COVID, we're all going to die. So they shut down driving ranges, golf courses, and it made no sense. Like a lot of things we've done about COVID make no sense. We've gone over this for two years now. Masks don't work. Masks, particularly little light blue cloth masks, do nothing. It's been proven over and over again. We talked about that study, what was it, two weeks ago? 602 million people in Europe. They, they stud- That's how big the sample was. And the people who were masked up were more likely to get COVID. They don't work. It doesn't seem to matter to these people in Brookline. You have these people who are so well-educated and think they're smart, but they're idiots. And they're going to come down and they're going to make some rules and make it difficult. So uh, if you're go- just get ready if you're going to the U.S. Open. If you're just watching, get ready. There will be these, they'll be checking vax cards, which will be a problem, which will be an issue. The good news is if you're Tiger Woods, you don't have to worry about it because he won't be coming to Brookline to play the U.S. Open. Unfortunately, that's just my guess. We don't have an answer to that yet. We just saw the, I guess it would be the third, the second major of the season now, the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was riveting. I, I, I could not stop watching. There's nothing like watching a PGA Tour professional meltdown. Oh. Just, just meltdown. Watch him. I mean, it's uncomfortable to watch. You get to see one of the great choke jobs in recent memory. It wasn't quite Jean Vandeval, but it was pretty bad. Mito Pereira from Chile. A uh, 27-year-old, I believe is his first year on tour. Um, yes, he uh, earned it by winning three times on the Corn Ferry tour, uh, tour. I never even heard of the guy. I'm, I'm sure I've seen him, but I've never really given him a lot of thought. Went to Texas Tech. Grew up in San Diego, Chile. Um, San Diego. Um, he, he melted down on the 18th tee, which was good news for Justin Thomas and for Ironhead. 
because he was wheeling and dealing. <laughs> now, you, you just told me this before we started recording. You said you won once because you bet on Justin Thomas while he was standing on the 18th tee. Is that correct? The 17th tee. The 17th tee. Yeah. Now, I don't even remember what the leaderboard looked like. If you missed it, and I say this every time, but what is wrong with people who say, ah, it's just golf? Is there anything more dramatic in sports? It's like, it, it, even in football, basketball, I mean, I love watching basketball, football under pressure. I love, I mean, there's not watching people choke is, is riveting. But in golf, it's in slow motion. You know, in golf, they can't hide. They can't, they don't have helmets, obviously. They don't have teammates. The camera is right in their eyes, looking into their souls. You can feel the nervousness. You can feel the, the tension. And Pereira had a two-shot lead, correct? Yep. Um, so he goes to 18. Tough, tough hole. Jesus, was that a tough hole? And he lashes a drive in a weird, I mean, he had a weird, he has a weird swing anyway. He comes lashing across it in a low fall through. And boom, he hits a driver, which a lot of people were, you know, Nick Faldo and others were saying he should have hit the three wood. I don't know, probably would have found the, the creek either way, but it was a weird looking swing under pressure, put it in the creek, ends up with the double, uh, loses, loses it, it all right there, loses the winner got $2.6 million. Uh, Pereira got, I got that right in front of me. We can uh, let you know what, uh, how much money he lost. Um, uh, Justin Thomas made 2.7 million. <laughs> One tournament, four days, 2.7 million. Maybe it's only me, but why don't the announcers talk about that? They talk about everything. They talk about earning your exemption and getting into the masters and, you know, getting uh, FedEx point. I don't even know how those things work. FedEx cup points. And they talk about all the implications that come with winning and they never mention, and they could, they, they would be a, a rough estimate, but they never mentioned that uh, Mito Pereira, he made 870,000. He lost almost $2 million with that errant drive on 18. That, that, that should be part of the commentary. If you're, if you're Nick Faldo or Jim Nance, I mean, Jim Nance, I mean, he, he, he's, he's good at his job. I don't say Jim Nance isn't, but uh, when he got to the you know 17th time that he told us about Justin Thomas's father being a club pro, by the way, he's a club pro that's never at his club. I mean, he's always on the road with his son. They point that out. He follows him every hole every week. How often is he given lessons at the old at the old club that he works at? <laughs> anyway, Justin Thomas's father. They kept talking about him, showing him. Why don't they tell you how much money's on the line? Wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, isn't that something everyone can relate to? I feel like they, to? they used to have on the leaderboard back in the day, they used to have the purse underneath it. I mean, they might have the purse, but it doesn't tell you how much like Pereira, Pereira lost by right. hitting that one in the creek. He lost, he, he, he made 870000 <laughs> which is pretty impressive. I mean, that's a pretty good payday for Mito Pereira. This too uh, is Justin Thomas got 600 FedEx points and uh, Pereira got only 180 because of that. Yeah, and I mean, that means money down the road, but Thomas gets 2.7. Will Zalatoris gets 1.6 for second. Tying for third, Cam Young and Mito Pereira, 870 grand. So again, he lost $1.9 million by hitting that drive into the creek. Now, if I'm, if you're Mito Pereira, do you go back to the course today and just say, "Can I play 18 again? I want to try it again. See, see what would have happened if I hit the three wood or hit the what a four iron or something." It must. I can't imagine this kid. This guy sleeps again for like a month. I mean, it just. You wonder, does it ruin him for life? The way it ruined John Vandevelde. Sometimes people choke. Hey, we see it in Super Bowls. Uh, you know, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons were never the same after they choked against the Patriots. It happens. It leaves a mark. This guy, will he recover? I hope so. He seems like a nice guy. He did an interview on the, you know, uh, uh, by the 18th green and talked about it. And he apparently did a whole bunch of interviews. He didn't shy away from his uh, colossal gaffe. But Justin Thomas, uh, you know, he's obviously he has a uh, 
It's his second PGA championship. He's got a bunch of wins. I think he's got whatever, 12, 14 wins. He's a big star on tour and everybody else was either a young guy or a nobody. I mean, honest to God, the top, top, whatever it is, eight finishers, most casual fans had never even heard of them. You know, Cam Young, Mito Pereira, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Chris Kirk, Z- Will Zalatoris. By the way, I'm making my U.S. Open pick. I'm going to make it now, Ironhead. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bet on it, too. I'm going to bet on Will Zalatoris every major until he wins one because he is freaking good, man. He is a stud. And, you know, they had the three-hole playoff. He was one under on three holes and lost. Justin Thomas was two under. He prevails. Will finishes second again. He finished second in the uh, in the Masters in his debut last year and has uh, a bunch of runner-ups already. But he 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 had a the greatest bogey I've ever seen in all my years of watching golf when he went over the green on the par three on the sixth hole, I believe it was, into the bushes. Oh yeah! It took, it took 14 minutes for them to make a ruling. He had to hit off the cart path. And it settled in a little groove on the cart path and he chipped it up and had like a 10 footer and hit the, hit the bogey putt for a four after going in the bushes, taking an unplayable and hitting off the path. It was an inc- right there. And then I'm thinking, will Zalatoris is going to win this. And he almost did. And he will, he'll win many, many times. Mito Pereira will not. I'm just going to say he will not go on to win majors. He, you know, he might make a living, but he'll be known for that drive on 18. But I'm still trying to figure out Justin Thomas, if you weren't paying attention, was in uh, on the sixth tee. He was in 10th place. He was seven shots back to start the day. I was just looking at the, uh, the leaderboard throughout the day. There were nine guys ahead of him when he was hitting on, uh, when he was on the sixth hole. I don't, I mean, is that, does that ever happen? It's, I guess it's happened before, but it's very rare. There's just so many guys in front of him, but most of them were unproven, like I said, and young and nervous in the case of Mito. So he makes it to the 17th green and you put your bet in on Justin Thomas. Yeah. He was on the 17th tee. It was like plus 500 or something. And I put five bucks on. Cause I was like, I'll make all my money back that I bet on all these losers on Wednesday. And you did, you put five bucks. That's yep, it. Five bucks. And you won that. And then you rolled it over into the golden state warriors last night. Yeah, they were, they were a, a road dog. So I took it because it was plus, so, it was plus money. So <laughs> I'm doing the math here. So I'm going to guess you did, you, 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 you doubled down bet on Justin Thomas. He wins. Then you bet on the golden state Warriors. They win. I'm going to guess you made what? Five, seven, 800 bucks. What'd you make? No, I only made like 65, 70, 60 bucks. Wow. 60. But no wonder you're so happy. You made, that's lunch for you for Christ's sake. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going to tell me you won thousands betting. No, no. Uh, I, 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 had, uh, I had to go modest. I had to start getting in the win column and not the hopeful, uh, these parlays hit column. Well, it was, it, it, man, it wasn't the greatest leaderboard again, Lots of no name, but it was a riveting final day on a really tough course. And uh, if you're into watching guys choke, you you got what you were looking for. And a lot of people in golf root for the big name. It's it's kind of weird. They root against the the underdog and they root for the big name. So a lot of people were happy to see JT and his uh, his dad, the golf pro, the, the club pro, win the PGA. He seems like a nice enough guy, but. Uh, it was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of hours sitting sitting mesmerized for me, uh, but uh, way better than the Masters yeah. this year. I tell you what was even better than Sunday was Saturday watching Tiger have the worst major oh. worst round he's ever had in a major. Watching the greatest player ever suck, just absolutely suck, like over. The, I mean, uh, he hit one out of the trap, out of the sand, and stuck it into the into the lip. He hit a couple over the green. I mean, he just was terrible. At one point, he was, what, 12, 13 over. He ended up in the last four holes going birdie, par, 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 to finish, to break 80. Yeah. Big day. I, I, I did that once. You have a big day. First time you break 80. It's pretty exciting. And Tiger finished strong. In fact, he got a four on 18, which is a couple shots better than Mito. But uh, watching him absolutely suck, I was thinking, when do you ever see that, the greatest player in his sport, 
ever. Just the greatest. Uh, I mean, the guy's won 80 times, won 15 majors, and he had to fight to the finish to break 80. I was expecting he would withdraw. He did. He didn't want to come back Sunday and uh, torture himself again. A lot of people were killing him on Twitter for that because, you know, you got to finish, but uh, I don't blame him. It was uncomfortable to watch. I'm sure he's got physical issues, that leg, whatever, the back. And it was a, it was a tough break for the, uh, the country club in Brookline, which is hosting the U.S. Open in three weeks because I'm pretty sure he's going he's gonna to scratch that. You might get Mickelson to show up, but you're probably not going to get Tiger. If he plays again, it'll be in July at St. Andrews, which he has called his favorite course. Uh, and it's it's a pretty amazing place. So I would expect we're not going to see Tiger again until July in the British Open. But um, I'm waiting any minute now. This, see this guy, if you're watching with us on Locals, you get to see little Fauci. I have little Fauci here. He's resting in, on my mic. And... Uh, he is right now showing up at work uh, at the at the whatever the NIHH whatever, and he's going in the green room. He's getting his hair and his makeup, and he's getting ready to do you know CNN, MSNBC, get ready to do NPR, and he's going to say two things: one, we got to bring back mask mandates and maybe lockdowns and shutdowns, but also, you know, don't sleep on monkeypox. Monkeypox is now in three states; it's uh, spreading fast. We've already ordered like 13 million vaccines from Pfizer. So Pfizer's already, you know, they're, they're making more billionaires every day at Pfizer. Everybody who works at Pfizer, the woman at the front desk, guy cleaning the toilets, they're all billionaires at this point. They're all cashing in. Monkeypox is another windfall for, for Pfizer. You're in no danger if you don't have like unprotected sex at bathhouses. Apparently that's the way it's been spreading. Um, and uh, even if you get it, you, you're probably not going to die. Uh, I haven't heard an update on the guy at Mass General, but uh, it's going to give, by the way, the, the, they're talking about this right now in Davos. They flew all, they, you know, John Kerry and Al Gore and Bill Gates, they all flew into Davos on their private jets to find out, to talk about ways to take people's cars and, and SUVs away from them. And they're going to talk about monkeypox and what they can do and, they just need an excuse. They just need, I thought it would, they'd wait till the fall, but uh, apparently monkeypox is going to give them an opportunity to uh, go back to those COVID measures any minute now. It's, and it'll, it'll be too bad if they screw up the U S open and make, and have, you know, everybody at the gate giving their vax cards and masking up and you won't, I mean, it, it, we, we saw it golf sucked when they had uh, all those measures and limited crowd, limited crowds. Uh, that was, that was, you know, no fun. And, uh, but we know people like, you know, the town fathers in Brookline live for this stuff, live for forcing children to gag up and forcing kids uh, into deep depression and alcoholism and drug abuse and suicide. They love that stuff. The, the, the people at Davos love teenage suicide. And so they're going to be facilitating more of it as we speak. And this little man, this little man cannot wait. He, he hasn't been on, you know, he hasn't been at the White House press conferences hardly at all. He misses those days. That's what he, that's what he lives for. He hasn't had a sit down, intimate sit down with uh, Jake Tapper in like weeks. He can't wait to be back, be relevant again. So unfortunately it's coming back quicker than I thought. I think any minute now we're going to be filling in the skate parks with sand and taking the rims down removing the ball washers from golf courses, destroying small businesses, because that's what they love to do. These people, they love to destroy, to crush little people. Do you think, think anyone in Davos right now gives a damn about restaurant owners and gym owners and, and, and small business owners around this country? They don't care. They, they, they're busy with the, new re, with the great reset. They're going to destroy lives because they, they can't wait. They can't get enough of destroying lives. But that's my preview for the U S open. Will Zellatoris is going to win. And there's going to be a million fights to gate for people who don't have their vax cards. And they're going to be yelling at people who pull their mask down to take a sip of their beer, their 12, their $18 beer. It's going to be, uh, it's not the place they shouldn't, they should move it, move it somewhere. South. move it to a, to a red state. We don't, we don't deserve it here in new England, but, uh, hopefully it's as, uh, 
it's as entertaining as the uh, PGA championship. And uh, hopefully uh, Ironhead cashes in again. You going to take that 60 and bet it all on somebody in the U S open. No, definitely not. It's, it's no. way, way too much. I'll put, I'll probably put something on somebody. I don't know who yet. Something on somebody. Yeah. What about tonight? Boston Celtics. I haven't looked yet, but I think, uh, I think the heat are getting six, which tells me that wow. Jimmy Butler's knee is probably worse than uh, we think. I, I, as you know, I went to the game the other night. It was, it was a very entertaining, great crowd. People are into the Celtics game. Very intense. Uh, it was shocking. I could not believe a, I, I expect them to win the game after game two. I expect them to roll on into game three and then Butler goes out. I'm watching the game. I'm saying, wait a second, Jimmy. I mean, you don't know when you're at the game, what's going on. Jimmy Butler hasn't played in this half. And these, you know, bam, what's his name? Bam is just dominating the Celtics. I don't remember. I don't remember uh, Jason Tatum having a worse game. Um, I'm, I'm sure he has, but uh, the, the role he's been on, I expected him to just tear it up when Butler went out. Didn't happen. It was shocking. It felt pivotal. You know, the Celtics win that. They're up 2-1. They're home. They get the home court. Butler's hurt. It was critical. And they cut the lead from whatever it was, 30 to, to 2, but could not finish the job. They try again tonight. I would say don't bet against Boston tonight. That'd just be my advice Ironhead, I think they uh, they even it up tonight, but it'll it all depends on Jimmy Butler's knee because he I get him. I mean that's the best player by far on that team. Mm. You're on the road, you're in this hostile environment. He goes down, that has to make the Heat <laughs> that has to make Spolster and the Heat just feel like they they stole one and uh, they're playing loose and free tonight. But it's uh, still big home court advantage. He'll, they'll tie it up. The series is going seven, Ironhead, all right? The series yeah. is going seven. I, I, I agree with that. It also depends on Rob Williams because he makes such a difference. Like, and they're, they're, the winner plays Golden State. I've, I've been rooting for Dallas just because I'm sick of Golden State and I like watching Luka play. Luka feels like the closest we get to Larry Bird because he's, you know, obviously he's a white guy. You compare white to white guys. That's what we always do. Plus, he uh, was caught drinking a beer at lunch, and there was a big debate on whether it was game day or the day before. But somebody in in where San Francisco caught him sitting outside having lunch and sucking back. I said, hey, "So what? It's lunchtime. Maybe he had to take a nap, but he thought he'd have a couple of beers and take a nap before the game." But it was kind of this mini controversy. And I'm thinking that is something Larry Bird would do. He'd have a beer at lunch, even even if it were game day, he wouldn't care. Yeah, Bird. Bird, by the way, would have a You'd appreciate this. He would have a beer and a cigarette at lunch and then go out and <laughs> then go out and go for 40, 40, 12 and eight uh, on the road. And uh, Luca, Luca is just an inc- incredible player. I mean, last night he scored 40, was hitting. He takes, and Steph does too, Curry and, and Luca, they're on the, this class of their own. They take 30 footers. They don't just take three pointers. They don't take 23 footers. They take 30 foot shots mm. in rhythm. It's just a strange thing. I don't remember guys doing that in the old days. Now there are guys who just pull up and take a jumper from 30 feet, and it doesn't seem – it's not out of their rhythm. It's its quite a weapon when a guy can bomb from that yeah. far out. Even if you're trying to pressure him, cover him, you don't – you're like, well, he's too far away. I'll just – I'll take this play off, and boom, he nails the 30-footer. But – uh, Golden State's up 3-0. They're going to finish that one and take on the winner of Celtics Heat, which tonight's big, man. Tonight's big. The Celtics win tonight. They're back in it. They don't. They're going home. Uh, I'll be watching. I like I like all sports when the pressure is on, and the pressure is on Boston tonight. Yeah, the only thing with Luka is, uh, is he he doesn't play defense at all. No, that's, that's true. I would say Bird was a much better defensive player because he tried harder and he was a better rebounder. And Luca will, though eventually he's going to say, I got to play defense. Right. You can tell he's not in tip top shape because he's got that gobbler. He's got the, the chin, you know, he's got kind of the fat face. Yeah. You don't get, you know, if you're, you know, busting your ass, getting in the best shape of your life, you don't have a fat face and right. you don't drink beer at lunch. No. <laughs> I'm not, it doesn't make him a bad guy, but you're right. He's not in perfect physical condition and he does not play defense, doesn't play hard on the defensive end. So he's not. That that's what's holding him back from becoming the the greatest player in the league and becoming, you know, the next bird. But uh, he does 
He is cough- cocky. He is confident. He hit a three last night and did a little Steph Curry wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking that, that is pretty cocky for a 20, whatever, 23 year old guy, but he's an entertaining guy to watch. That'll do it for our, uh, our, our NBA talk today. Unless you have something to add. I got nothing. I got nothing. You right got now. nothing. I want to get to, I, I did want to get to that PGA championship because it was fascinating. Um, Jay, J, uh, Justin Thomas, when he stood on the first tee yesterday, had a 1.2% chance of winning. 1.2. That's why you watch sports. A guy who has a 1.2% chance of winning uh, wins the championship, comes back from seven down to win the championship, and poor Mito. And, and you know, even though nobody cares, like Justin Thomas doesn't care that Mito's life is ruined. The guy's probably right now got his head in the oven or maybe he's like uh, in a warm tub considering yeah. whether to, you know. Oh, and he was collapsing on 18. I was like going nuts in my living room. And uh, and then after a while, I was like, all right, that's a little too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's like The guy's got a family. Yeah. He did an oh, interview with uh, that woman after, and it looked like he was going to cry, and I felt yeah, terrible. He, he, I thought he might cry, and I, I would have cried if I were him. I mean, he lost $2 bucks, One stupid shot, and he lost $2 bucks, and no one is going to let him forget it. You know, it's always going to oh. be, why, oh, dear? You, do, they always say, do, what did you learn from that? What did you learn about yourself? So the next time, if he wins some, you know, whatever, John Deere Open, the first question after the round when there's like three media people in the press room will be, did you take anything away from Tulsa? Did you learn something about yourself? This poor guy will never, he's going to have to win like 10 majors to get people to forget the chance he had to win his first or the U S open. (laughs) Or yeah. I mean, next year at the, at the PGA or even the U S open, you're right in three weeks. It's going to be, you know, he's going to be available to the media. Apparently he's a nice affable guy and there's just going to be one question after another about why did you hit driver why did you lash at it were you nervous did you choke i mean that's his life he walks away with 870 grand and it's hard to be you know absolutely devastated when you walk away with 870 grand in in one weekend but he is and and he may never recover it'll be fun to watch see if he does recover but, all right, we got to get to this Bill Maher. I say this almost every week now that Bill Maher, I, I love him now. I used to hate him. I mean, I hated him. I joked that that's why I canceled HBO because I used to watch his show and get infuriated more at his audience, which is pathetic. They're still pathetic or his guests. It was just, you know, these were just hard left uh, liberals who hated Trump. Hell, they hated all conservatives. And, and and Bill Maher was their guy. I mean, Bill Maher still hates Trump and still hates hates religion, hates God. He's a avowed atheist and he's not shy about it. And he, you know, he hates, he, he loves abortion. There's lots of things I disagree with Bill Maher on, but that's not the point. The point is he has balls. He has guts. He has, first of all, he's a smart guy and an independent thinker, and he's got guts. He's not afraid to take on the mob and piss off some of his most loyal viewers. You know, he's at that point. Uh, you know, we talk about Elon Musk having FU money. I mean, Bill Maher, he must have FU money at this point, too. And he doesn't care. You can tell that he kind of likes it. He likes, he's tweaking people who normally, previously just worshiped him and loved the fact that he was a hard left outspoken liberal. And now he actually thinks for himself. Now he knows, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that, that the mob has gone too far and he had a great monologue. It was nine minutes long. I recommend watching the whole thing. Of course, if you cut out all the, la- all the cheering, it'd probably be about three minutes long, but uh, we have a few cuts from this spectacular, um, Bill Maher monologue on, I guess to some of those, that is his net worth is 140 million. Yeah. Holy crap. I knew he was rich. I didn't know he was that rich. That's he's nephew 60, money 64 for 64 sure. years old. He doesn't have any kids, no wife. And I think he's into, you know, strippers and, and uh, hookers and whatever, you know, he's into smoking weed and he's, you know, he's got his thing. He's got his thing, but he was great on COVID lockdowns, great on the COVID panic porn. 
I think I started, I came around two years ago in the middle of the panic porn when the rest of the media was telling us we were all going to die. He was standing up for, uh, you know, children who were masked. He's, he's been good on COVID and he's great on, on the woke mob and their, you know, and their efforts to shut down free speech. He's been great. He understands that he's a comedian. He understands that these people are insane and they've gone too far and it's time to push back. And he has, we have a, we have an unbelievable uh, tweet from ABC news, AB and a story. I got a story from ABC news defending Nina Jankowitz. You really have to bend yourself into pretzels to defend this crazy woman. I mean, I understand you're on Biden's team. You're you're ABC news. But uh, when this woman says she's getting death threats, you know, you gotta, you gotta ask for proof. You know, you gotta ask for proof. She's a liar. That's what she is. That's what her job is. She's a professional purveyor Mm. of disinformation. Only Joe Biden would think that's a good person to uh, head our board of disinformation. Uh, We got the latest on the um, Dave Chappelle attacker. We found out his motive, (laughs) which, which uh, Ironhead, for one, is not buying. We'll tell you about that lunatic. And tomorrow night, I believe, on HBO. Here I am plugging HBO again. I don't even have it. But the good thing with Bill Maher is I wake up Saturday morning, and it's all posted. I don't even know why they do this, but you can get up Saturday morning, get on YouTube, and watch this whole show. You know, I I don't watch the whole show. I just watch his monologues and the highlights. Hopefully, you can watch this um, edition of real sports because they're going to talk to several victims of Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm not, I'm thinking the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> they might not want to give up on Baker Mayfield so quickly because Deshaun Watson is getting suspended. He has to, when, uh, when you consider the things they've suspended people for, uh, in the NFL, don't forget Tom Brady, four games for psst, psst, allegedly a little bit of air out of the ball. They came out and said that wasn't true actually last year. Of course it wasn't true. Of course it wasn't, but that's the allegation. Of course, you know, I mean, it was absurd, but don't forget the greatest player ever, a guy who never did anything, never arrested, never, you know, drunk or whatever. He got four, he got a quarter of a season for the allegation that he took air. Anyway, Deshaun Watson, if they line up, I don't know, four, five, six, eight masseuses, who talked about what he was into, and we've talked about it here. It's weird, kinky stuff. That ain't going to go over well in the NFL or, uh, you know, with the fans. We'll see. That's Soledad O'Brien, another crazy Ugh. lunatic left winger. But uh, she'll, uh, she apparently asked the questions, and the masseuse, the massage therapists, apparently, uh, I'm not supposed to say masseuses, they're massage therapists. If they, in their own words, if they're convincing and they're, uh, they paint a picture of Deshaun Watson as a freak. It's not going to, but Deshaun Watson took like all his teammates, not all, took a bunch of his teammates to the Bahamas and stayed at Atlantis to practice and hang out. And he paid for everything. He <laughs> took know? him to the bottom, uh, the whole offense. I don't care if you make 240 million. That's a big nut, man. That mm-hmm. place is insane. That's a place of like $50 hamburgers and cheeseburgers. Uh, but, uh, maybe, maybe they bonded and everything's great with his teammates. I'm not sure it's going to be great with Roger Goodell or fans in general after, uh, HBO real sports is done with her, but, uh, let's get to our sponsors and then we're going to get to this spectacular. I'm, I know it sounds like I'm overselling it. I'm not Bill Maher was great. He pisses off all the right people right now. That's what he does almost weekly on his show. And I just have to tip my cap to uh, Bill Maher, my man Bill Maher, once again. But first, let's get to our sponsors. Then we'll get to Bill Maher and a bunch of other stuff. All right, our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens, is a product I've added to my morning routine, and I use it every day. Instead of taking daily supplements for my nutrition, I use AG1 to get 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start my day right. The founder of Alva Athletic Greens experienced a bunch of gut health issues and he ended up on a complicated supplement routine costing him over a hundred bucks a day. This led him to take his health into his own hands and create Athletic Greens for a more optimal nutrition routine. Ever since I started taking AG1, I've noticed improved energy throughout the day, better sleep, 
and improve recovery after my runs and workouts. All I do is put one scoop in a glass of water each morning. I used to I drink water all the time in the morning. Now I just add a scoop and I'm good to go. It has a mild and tropical taste, and it's much easier than choking down a bunch of vitamins in pill form. And it's way cheaper than the alternatives, costing less than three bucks a day. If you're going to invest in anything, it might as well be your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash jerry. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash G-E-R-R-Y to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just a reminder, you can buy some Callahan coffee, and we've got nothing but rave reviews. This is like, uh, I don't know, what movie? This is like Top Gun Maverick, you know? Early returns, early reviews are off the charts. People love their Callahan coffee. We've been telling you about it now for a few weeks now, and we're proud to say people are coming back for more. Lots of returning customers, Ironhead, all because of you. You picked it out. You chose the blend. <clears throat> um, it is brewed locally here in, uh, I'm sorry, roasted locally. It'll be brewed at your house, but it's roasted locally here in Waltham, Mark, uh, Mass. A terrific way to show your support for the show and for local small businesses, which haven't been shut down yet by Charlie Baker because of uh, uh, monkey pox, but they might be. But for now, they're roasting, they're roasting up the Callahan coffee just for you. We're, we're working on expanding the lineup you know, we need to, we need to branch up because people love their Callahan coffee. If you want to try it, go to CallahanCoffee.com and order today. That's CallahanCoffee.com. All right, let's get to Bill Maher. He, uh, you know what he does? He says things that other people don't have the guts to say. There are people, I mean, everybody in the media knows this. They know the trans, woke, gay lobby out there is ferocious and you cannot cross them or they will ruin you. We've seen it time and again. Uh, Bill Maher takes on the woke trans lobby, trans mob in this monologue. Talks about the trend that is LBGDQ. It is a trend, not in every case, not even most cases, but in some cases when there are 20% of people, of young people, um, identifying as LBGTQ. It used to be like under 1%. Now it's 20%. Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Now something's going on. We've talked a lot about uh, teachers grooming kids in, in Florida and other places. You've certainly seen the videos on libs of TikTok. Something's happening here. They are recruiting. They are uh, encouraging people to join the club. It's a trendy club. It's fashionable, particularly among girls. There's just a odd, strange unusual number of people identifying as such. And Bill Maher just goes off on them and, and he, and he brings receipts, man. He's got charts and graphs and stats and it's so good. I think they're, they're heading for a walkout at HBO. That's what they are. It's going to be like Dave Chappelle on Netflix. It's similar, you know, he's a liberal, you know, he's, he's outspoken. He's got a long track record, but he's watching what's happening in this country and he's just reacting honestly and he doesn't care if, you know, there's going to be people pissed at him. In fact, it probably uh, motivates him. But uh, we got a few cuts. Let's listen to some Bill Maher from Friday night. In the wake of America about to lose abortion rights, the ACLU recently tweeted a list of those who would be disproportionately harmed by this. You would think women might top that list. No, wasn't even on the list. Second on the list was LGBT. Really? Abortion rights affects gay and trans people more than, you know, breeders? Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how much I, I like that. It's, it's true. It's one of those weird things. The ACLU, first of all, Bill Maher goes after the ACLU regularly because he used to be big supporter, and now they've lost their minds, and they have nothing to do with civil liberties. They're just another arm of the woke mob. Secondly, most people see that and they say, you know, the abortion, whatever, overturning Roe v. Wade affects gay and lesbian. I mean, most people see that and say, how does that work? And they stay silent. You know, commentators, whatever, comedians, pundits. He sees that and says, what are they talking about? 
breeder, <laughs> breeders is another term that I think uh, annoys people, calling them breeders. It sure does. Uh, what do we got? We got, uh, we got any protests yet? What have you, the, we got people uh, pissed off about this yet? It's coming. It's, this happened Friday night. It's Monday. It's coming. There's going to be, there's going to be issues with people that used to love Bill Maher. That's weird, man. People that used to love Bill Maher, hate him. And I used to hate him. Now I love him at least this week. But uh, what else we got? We got that uh, comparison, the Ohio, California comparison. I do have that one. It's such a good point. It, there's so many more trans or LBGTQ youth in certain places. So how does that work? Isn't it, you know, I mean, don't we all agree you're born that way? Not trans, but gay. You're born that way. So how is it so much more prevalent in blue states or in California rather than Ohio, as he points out? What's the answer to that? For him to say that they've been... I don't know, uh, raise whatever you use term, uh, you know, trained, taught, recruited. That is, is, yeah, see, I think what Bill Maher does is he goes to the line and then he, he intentionally crosses it because mm-hmm. he knows he's going to the line on that one. And then he steps over it. And I could just picture, you know, the people, whatever, sitting in, in New York or, or DC or, or Boston and they're whatever corporate media types, they're Boston globe, New York Times, And they're losing their mind. They're saying, what, what's he doing? This is our guy, but he, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Let's listen to this uh, riff on the, on the regional aspect of LBGTQ. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper income Angelinos, It is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. I mean, maybe it's both, but just the second part, you know, obviously Ohio shaming them. That's, you know, no one would be surprised to hear that. Oh, but California is creating them. Definitely. Bill Maher just said California is creating LBGTQ youth. Um, just going to guess if Tucker says that tonight uh, on Fox News might be a little bit of a uh, little bit of blowback. He says they're creating just a little creating LBGTQ youth in California. I mean, I'm looking at, I, I started looking at the, the numbers when, um, uh, when he did this, he's got some charts and graphs, by the way, I think he might actually have this one. I'm looking at the, this is from Gallup, the Americans identifying as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or something other than heterosexual has doubled in nine years. 2012, 3.5%, 2021, seven point, more than doubled, 7.1% this year in nine years. Why is that either? Either they're just feeling bold, but weren't they feeling bold under Obama in 2012? They're feeling bold and liberated and they can identify or it's a trend uh, or, or both. But if it's both, that means there's millions of kids who are just trying to get, be a part of the trend. (laughs) And there aren't many people in the media. Again, this is HBO, but this isn't whatever, you know, network news, but there aren't many people in the media who dare go there. You know, I don't even think, as I said, Tucker, I mean, he would go there, but uh, I'm not sure under what context, when you think about it, just think of whoever, Laura Ingram or you know, Greg Gutfeld, if they did a rant today on people being created, LBGD people, LBGTQ people being created, it'd be huge. Instead, it's his liberal icon. He's the one who says they're creating them in California. I, I give it, I, I believe it and I give him credit. He's got guts. But what else we got from my man, Bill? Uh, talking about the uh, gay pride parade. Oh, yeah, there's another girl. Consider this. Only, uh, I haven't heard anyone else do this, but I, but I believe it. Gay men 
are being squeezed out of the movement. Yes. And you'd say, wait a second, they're, you know, they're the G, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of important. No, 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 they're not, they're not hip enough. We're, we, uh, we've moved on. Gay men, they're, they're old school. I mean, that's, uh, you know, whatever. There's lots of, lots of gay men, lots of, you know, famous, whatever, musicians, actors. It's not really a thing anymore. It's not really a, not really a headline. Now you got trans activists. Now you got people who are marginalized and gay men aren't really marginalized anymore. They're kind of mainstream. So they're being squeezed out of the movement as Bill Maher points out. When a book questioning the sudden uptick in transitioning children was released, a trans lawyer with the ACLU named Chase Strangio tweeted, stopping the circulation of this book and these ideas is 100% a hill I will die on. How very civil liberties of him. Chase, by the way, has just been named one of the grand marshals of this year's New York City Pride March, along with three other trans people and a lesbian. Huh, what's missing here? Oh, right, a gay man. <laughs> That's where we are now. Gay men aren't hip enough for the gay pride parade. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was excellent. Excellent, excellent uh, nine-minute monologue. I recommend the whole thing. Uh, again, I don't watch the whole show. I hate his guests. Usually I hate his guests. But it's a great, he points out, that's the Abigail Schreier book, The uh, Irreversible irreversible Damage, where she actually, I mean, it's not some crazy uh, just rant. I mean, it's a book about people getting gender reassignment surgery and the damage it does and the regret it leads to for some people. The idea that you shouldn't be able to hear those stories. You shouldn't be able to read that data. It's insane. The ACLU... That's a guy who works for the American Civil Liberties Union who says he will die on the hill of censorship and suppression because he doesn't like the message. These are the scary times, and we got Bill Maher leading the fight. The, the, it's, uh, you know, Jesse Kelly, uh, Tucker Carlson, and Bill Maher leading the resistance. So, you know, take a seat, Donald Trump. We got Bill Maher's got this. <laughs> oh, it's glorious. I don't know why I get such a kick out of it. We got to get to the other. Uh, do I have time to do the Chappelle thing? You have time to do the Chappelle thing. I already mentioned the real sports thing. That's tomorrow night. Do you got it? You don't have HBO either, do you, Ironhead? I got HBO Max, so I'm not sure if it's on there, though. Sometimes some things don't make that. But well, it check be. it out. See if you can watch this thing with uh, Soledad O'Brien with the victims of Sean Watson. That sounds big. Uh, but I want to get to, uh, oh, news from Saturday Night Live on their season finale. But we got to do this, Jay, Dave Chappelle. Let me do Shake Concrete, and then we'll do the Dave Chappelle. We got an update on Isaiah Lee, the uh, assailant who attacked Dave Chappelle on stage. We have a motive, and you're not going to believe it, the motive that uh, – he alleged that he claims uh, forced him, led him to charge the stage and attack Dave Chappelle. Let me do, let me do Shea and then we'll get to that. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining all systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. Uh, you may remember the name Isaiah Lee. He's the Los Angeles man accused of attacking Dave Chappelle when he was triggered by the comedian's jokes at the big show in L.A., the big show that had uh, Chris Rock and Dave, Dave, uh, Dave, what's his face from, uh, uh, not Dave, John Stewart, Dave Stewart, John Stewart, 
big show out there in LA and you saw it, the video of Isaiah Lee charging the stage. He was initially charged with four misdemeanors because they don't prosecute crime, violent crime anymore in LA. And then they found out later, they found out while investigating, looking into it, that he stabbed his roommate at some flop house. He had a knife on him. Somehow that wasn't a factor. Somehow he got a knife into the show, knife shaped like a gun, had it on him, attacked the, the, the lead act and was only facing misdemeanor charges. Anyway, the New York Post went to the jail in L.A. and visited him and got an exclusive. I'm not sure why more people don't do this, uh, media people, but you go in there, you sit down with this crazy person, you get a big story. And uh, he tells the New York Post, you know, surprise, surprise, he attacked him because he's LBGTQ and he was offended by Dave Chappelle's jokes. He says, quote, I identify as bisexual. And I wanted him to know what he said was triggering. Lee said from the twin towers correctional facility in Los Angeles. I wanted him to know that next time he should consider first running his material by people. It could affect honest to God. This guy is insane. He's violent. He's stabbing his roommate. Allegedly he's got a long history. He's got pictures of him. Like he's, he's a, he's aspiring rapper. What is it? No name. Trapper. No name Trapper, yeah. No name Trapper. We got pictures of him here standing on a police car with his badass, like, rapper look, trying to look tough. That guy sounds like Nina Jankowitz, you know? That guy sounds <laughs> like someone at the Washington Post or New York Times saying he should run his material by the people affected. <laughs> What's he supposed to do? Call up Ellen? You know, call up, you know, some trans guy? Uh, call up uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner? Call up Leah Thomas, say, hey, I got some new material. Just want to know what you think. You can't call Caitlyn uh, Jenner because I don't think the answer he wants will come out of her mouth. No, no. Plus, she's a Fox News contributor now, right. which is amazing. Uh, he says, I'm also a single dad and my son is five. It's a struggle and I want Dave Chappelle to know it's no joke. Okay, quick question for you, no-name trapper. What the hell are you doing at the show? What? Why are you there? This is such a perfect you know, encapsulation of the whole problem. This guy is allegedly bi, bisexual. He's easily triggered. He's armed. And he wants Dave Chappelle to know it's no joke. Uh, yeah, I say it is. That's the whole point, stupid. It's a joke. He's a comedian. Uh, I can't wait for Chappelle's next special. I, I know my hopes are up too high. Uh, for this, but I'm, I, I hope he goes all in on this. I hope he goes all in on all the woke mob and the walkouts at Netflix. But uh, this this guy, I mean, he's probably going away for the stabbing. He also says, by the way, told the post he was molested at age 17 in a while under the care of Department of Children and Family Services in L.A. That affected him, too. So he was molested. He's bisexual. He's... Um, a struggling single father who's homeless because he stabbed his roommate at the, at the shelter and didn't go on to go back. Okay. I think if he ever gets out, he's going to probably got a, I don't, I don't want to say a full-time show at MSNBC, but he could be a contributor. <laughs> yeah. he, could be, you know, he could be on Joy Reid's show. Um, He'll pop up in a little box next to Rachel Maddow on our next program. I think uh, I think Chappelle's going to go all in on this. I hope. I hope Chris Rock does too. By the way, goes all in on uh, on this latest insanity. It's the, the the problem they have is it's affecting people who would normally I don't want to say be on their side, but wouldn't be their enemy. I mean, he's you're talking Dave Chappelle and Bill Maher and Chris Rock, and you're not talking about you know Sean Hannity here. You're talking about people who are somewhere in the middle or in Mars case way on the left, at least he used to be, but not anymore. He's on my side now. Well, there's a great, there's a great uh, chance on his next show. He's going to say something that you absolutely hate. Oh, no question. You know, they all hate, he hates Trump and you know, so does uh, hell uh, Bill Burr hates Trump. Bill Burr went all in on Trump being racist and I'm okay. You want to criticize Trump? He's not racist. That's absurd. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it, don't don't get me going on that. Um, quickly, I know people always say, "Why do you watch Saturday Night Live?" I've watched it forever. I I don't. I re, now I record it, 
and I go through it and I skip the musical acts usually suck. Saturday night, they had one called Japanese Breakfast. This Japanese band was terrible. The, the, uh, the host was terrible. But I like to watch the weekend update. I like to hate watch Michael Che and Colin Jost. And I wanted to see how they handled the finale, the, the farewell episode for both Pete Davidson and Amy, I mean, uh, Kate McKinnon. Now, my opinion, they both suck. Kate McKinnon is the most overrated uh, Saturday Night Live figure, character, actor, you know, not ready for prime time player ever. She's in every skit. She's terrible. And I know she's a big liberal. I know she played Alleluia on the piano and cried on camera, on live on TV when Hillary lost. The worst. That's how affected she was. That That's like, you know, Mito Pereira on 18. You never recover from that. I will always look at Kate McKinnon and say, she's the one that cried and played the piano because Hillary lost an election. Somewhere, you know, whatever, John Belushi and Chris Farley were rolling in their graves. The idea of that being an edgy comic, a, a, a comedy show. And that's what they resorted to. And she sucks as an actor anyway. She does terrible imitation. She did Rudy Giuliani and Jeff Sessions and just, just awful. Anyway, she's done. She'll be in movies. She'll be in commercials. She's already in commercials. She'll be a big star. She won't be grand marshalling the parade because she's just a lesbian. She's nothing special. She's just a run of the mill uh, gay woman, but she's done. She'll probably come back and host, but Pete Davidson's done too, which I find amazing because he was hardly on there. You know, he apparently showed up half the time. He was always late. Maybe they forced him out, but he did a whole thing on the, on the weekend update, talked about how much he's going to miss the show. And it wasn't funny at all. It was serious and how, you know, he's been on there seven, eight years. And I guess he's moving on. He's going to, you know, whatever, marry Kim Kardashian uh, and do stand up. But uh, I was surprised that those two big, big, big names, I guess they're also getting rid of Amy, I don't know, whatever. Uh, one, the, the, Edie Bryant. Edie Bryant, the fat chick, right? She's the big girl. Yes. The big girl, yeah. She was on the cover of SI Swimsuit Issue, I believe. <laughs> she, she wasn't bad, but uh, I don't know why they get rid of people. They move on. Oh, there's there's uh, Kate McKinnon. God, she's terrible. I will not, she will not be missed. You know what? Why don't you ask your pal, Blind Mike, this? Because maybe this latest trend that's affected Netflix and HBO you know, where they're canceling the shows about pregnant men and racist babies. Maybe the latest trend has affected SNL and they're going to replace, maybe they'll bring back Shane Gillis. Maybe they'll bring back some non-woke comedians, some non-woke comic actors. Could that be the case? Or do you think the next person will be a trans, whatever, you know, gay, lesbian, person of color, handicapped, whatever, Will they continue to check the boxes, or will they bring back Shane Gillis? The thing they did with Sh- yeah, the thing they did with Shane Gillis, I think, was the worst thing they could have done as from a recruiting standpoint. Because why is any of every comic has said shit like that? So they're going to see how they treated him and go, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to get lambasted for <laughs> yeah, three but months. everybody. I mean, it's a <laughs> excuse me, I'm Shane. That's a great gig. I mean, you don't have to be on there forever. You'd be on there a couple of years, and you you know you're. You write your ticket, even stand up. It's like formerly on SNL. So I think everybody would like that job and we'll see if it'll be, you know, like the Biden regime. We'll see if every, every hire, every new person is a box checker and the comedy aspect of it is secondary because that's generally how they do it. Now they, I mean, they have that gay, he's a gay Asian guy. He sucks too. He's never funny. Yeah. He's terrible. What's his name? Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang is terrible and he's all, and he's just, you can tell, you know, how he got the gig, you know, how he got the job. Yeah. He's a gay gay Asian guy, but he's also, he also got hired at the same time as Shane Gillis. So the things that Shane said, yeah. So the things that Shane said were like extra, uh, you know, criticized. I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they indeed are, uh, you know, if they're going to be part of this latest trend where people are, uh, you know, reconsidering the way they're uh, hiring or the way they're uh, bringing people in. Um, I, before we go, I mentioned this earlier, ABC news has a story. They've gone into to damage control for Nina Jankowitz, scary Poppins, that complete lunatic 
And one of the leading purveyors of misinformation in the world was going to be the head of the Department of Disinformation. It was a bizarre hire, a bizarre idea, even by the Biden administration's standards. ABC News comes out with a story and says uh, the tweet is the former head of the widely criticized disinformation board faced a torrent of sexual profanities on social media and menacing emails filled with rape or death threats. That seems pretty. I mean, that, that's that's heavy duty, right, that's man? Heavy. That, that is just... That's real heavy. Serious allegation there. So you click on the story, as I did, and I said, wow, this is going to be intense. Rape and murder threats and and sexual profanities. Whole story from ABC News. Uh, let me find it here. Whole story, no mention, not a, not an example. <laughs> I say this, I've been saying it for years. You know, death threats, people claim they have death threats. You're doing a story on it. It's your obligation to say, can I see them? Could you show them to me? Right. I mean, this is, this is a story by Amanda Seitz from Associated Press. Amanda Seitz is obviously very sympathetic. She's obviously a you know, big liberal and probably a big feminist, and she loves Nina. Wouldn't it help her case if she included some of the threats? Just throw them in there. You know, they point out that people call her Manny, Mary Poppins and made fun of her singing. Of course they did. It was absurd, the whole singing thing. And they, uh, they said one far-right extremist called her mentally ill and a nasty Jew. Okay, I'm still waiting for the uh, death threat, death threat, death threat. It's, like, it's also like, what did they expect the backlash to be with uh, this whole division? Obviously, everyone's going to be against it. Right. And when you learn about it, you learn she's the most guilty person of disinformation there is. Right. She's a big, you know, Hunter Laptop, Russian collusion hoax. That's what she did. She's a the purveyor of this stuff. She's not going to protect us from it. But you can't just say rape threats, death threats, profanity, and not include them. She's talking to Nina Jankowitz. How hard is it to say, can I see? I'd love to include one of those death threats. Just show me to make your case, make you more sympathetic. When they don't include them, you can assume they're not there. They're not there. And even if they are there, do you really think they're real? Of some loser with two followers says, you suck, I hope you die. That's not a real threat. Your life's not threatened. There's a difference between that and, you know, people showing up at your house, like the pro-abortion crowd showing up at Kavanaugh's house, that's real, really threatening. That's really scary. A tweet? We all get them. Hell, you know, I've been getting them for years. I don't consider them real. Occasionally I do. We had to go to, we had to press charges one day. It was on the front page of the Herald. John Dennis and I, guy was threatening our lives and saying where we, he knew where we lived and he was waiting for us in the parking lot. And the cops came and did this investigation and they caught the guy. He went before the judge and just cried like a baby. He was weeping, begging for mercy and saying he didn't really mean it. But, and he was ordered to stay away from us. Or I mean, that stuff happens once in a while, but for the most part, we all know it's Twitter. It's not real. This woman's life is not threatened. She's not going to be raped. I mean, it's just absurd. Uh, anyway, just had to get that off my chest. All right, we got to wrap this up. Ironhead, what are you going to do with all your winnings? Oh, you going to roll it over tonight on the Celts? I'm going to play something tonight. I'll, I'll let you know, and then I'll tweet it out. Hey, it's not hard. Run. Boston or Miami? Pick one. Uh, well, Boston's de- definitely Boston money line, but I like to do some parlays. That's where the money's Boston at. Boston money line, some parlays. All right, good luck. I hope you uh, cash in big time. Those kids need to eat. They, do, they sure do. They do. <laughs> all right, thanks to uh, everyone for watching. Thanks for people texting. I didn't read... Didn't read them because we had so much to get to. We'll do we'll do better. I'll try to do better tomorrow for all those people who are texting in or sending us messages. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to a uh, little Dr. Fauci here for showing up, making a guest appearance. He is so excited. You can't even tell. He's got a little erection because he's looking forward to all the lockdowns coming. Um, I forgot to, speaking of little Dr. Fauci, I saw Alice Shattuck this weekend at the uh, oh, GOP convention, and I asked her about little Jerry Callahan. Um, he's no longer with us. He met, he met some wolves apparently. Did they eat him? (laughs) Yeah, he got, Oh, they did good. No, they did. They did not. Wildlife did. Oh, (laughs) little Jerry Callahan. If you don't know, it was a chicken or a rooster. I don't even know. Was it a rooster? I hope it's a rooster. Chicken. A rooster got eaten by some wild animal, but Hey, that's what they're there for. You know, that's what they're there for. Keep the food chain going. 
right. Uh, thanks to uh, everybody again for listening. Thanks to you, Ironhead. Congratulations on your big win. You and Justin Thomas, the big winners this weekend. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.